You're listening to the Freshly Baked Crackers Podcast. Freshly Baked Crackers. With your hosts, Josh Guster and Ian Maxwell. Here is the soup. <laughs> Intergalactic Suco. This is the Freshly Baked Crackers Podcast. What's up, everybody? Hey. Welcome back to the Crackers. What do you what what was your Thanksgiving like, everyone? I know mine was low key. Who what you know that Thanksgiving, I'll just let you know that something is that you might not know the statistic about Thanksgiving though. Um statistically speaking, most dead horses are beaten um on Thanksgiving. Yeah? <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh boy. So uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you had a tough Thanksgiving with a family member, Ooh. we're here for you. Yeah. A lot of that going around these days. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, just, just un, uncanny amount of dead horses are beaten on Thanksgiving. <laughs> People don't realize that. You think we're, we're probably have to start serving horse next year at this point? Yeah, I actually have eaten horse. It's supposed to be lean meat, right? It's supposed to be pretty good. And people that grow horses in America are like have petitioned to get them to where they can grow it for like agriculture. I mean, it's a smart alternative. They, they can't get it. No one will pass it because there's too. People love them too much. There's too many horse girls out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But when I was in Italy for oh, school, yeah. one of yeah. the places we were at, we they served us horse. Oh, that's cool. Like a braised horse that was with some like olives oh, and it's made of meat. Stuff. It was, yeah, yeah. Go it for it. That's like the whole you know, like horse meatball thing. Mr. Ed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once you make one of them talk, it's all over. It's over. <laughs> There's no more. That's oh, not yeah. true because you know we still eat rabbit and duck. That's true. You know, yeah. Bugs and Daffy. So, <laughs> yeah, but they're both kind of dicks, arguably. So, yeah, kind of right. make you want to eat so rabbit more. No one's, no one's worse than Donald Duck. <laughs> if I have learned anything over the past, you know, I've been a dad now for going on seven years. Right, right. And if I've learned anything, it's that Donald Duck is an insufferable cunt. He is just <laughs> one of the most awful fucking. He has moments here or there where he will, like, like you know. His assholeness will subside somewhat for for Daisy, uh, you know, or something oh, yeah. in, in, a, in a moment of infatuation. But for the most part, he is just the biggest dickweed. He refuses to keep his anger management problems in check. Like he just does not manage that shit at all. He's so abrasively angry. That's one of the things that uh, there's a Disney game that came out this year, uh, Dreamlight Valley. It's like a Stardew Valley, you know. Uh, Animal Crossing kind of life sim where you're like hanging out with a bunch of Disney characters and like he's the one character who's like consistently just pissed all the time and like fans are even like yeah can you calm down we're supposed to be on like some fucking magical paradise chill out Donald I mean Donald Duck lives in Disneyland you know what I mean like (laughs) he lives with like Mickey Mouse these guys in this just like incredible cartoon utopia and he fucking hates life (laughs) he's so surly like he's so it's beyond surly it's just like it's it's rage it's just it's flat out just oh unadulterated anger i mean he does have ptsd from being in world war ii but at a certain extent you're just using that as an excuse you know you got to get yourself checked out buddy there's some therapy you you watch like mickey mouse clubhouse with your kids and like these motherfuckers are going on little fun adventures and everyone's having a good time and toodles is there and they gotta have a fucking mouse tool to save the day and get through these challenges and mickey and and goofy and Minnie and everybody's having fun but every single day donald's just an asshole donald's an asshole on thanksgiving he's an asshole on halloween he's an asshole on 
Jesus' birthday, your birthday, my birthday, every day. Oh, Donald. It's time to cancel Donald. <laughs> but yet you can walk into any toy store and buy Donald Duck dolls. He's the biggest jack-off ever. Well, I guess well, asshole not, kids need not, a hero, at this too. Point, at this point, he's a, he's not. I mean, I think Kanye West has taken over the biggest <laughs> asshole of all time. I mean, he outshined Alex Jones a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, as as a podcast, who has talked in depth about this man's music, I think we should just go on the record. And as a person who has been a super fan, yeah, um, wow, no, no, dude, we do just, not condone I mean, his deep into thoughts. it. But my goodness, what? Oh. And have we ever seen a just a fucking burn this quick? Like, have <laughs> someone just completely shit can their entire fucking career? this quickly and do it so smugly like there's not like oh he's spiraling out of control you know with a, with drug abuse and he can't take care of himself like he's seemingly consciously doing all of this shit to himself it's so wild every single chance this man gets to be like backpedal or say something yes. like you know look i maybe i was in the wrong for saying it this way anything he's just like no, no, it's gonna get worse. Like Alex Jones gave him worse. outs, man. He's like, you know, oh, I know you're just trying to be shocking. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not trying to be shocking. I, I believe all this shit. Like, yeah, wow, dude. I like Hitler. What? <laughs> what? Mm. Like, okay. At some point, like, we have to look at this. Like, this this is a person who has just gone completely mad, but he has, unlike most people who go crazy, he still has seemingly an unlimited budget. I mean, he's no longer yeah. a billionaire. But he's a multi-hundred millionaire. Yeah, he's got I mean, enough. I mean, he has enough money to where, you know, he lives life above mm-hmm. the law, basically. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by super and, fans anyway. And like, who, who's going to, yeah, he's not, he's so out of touch with the reality. He's mm-hmm. manic. He's like, I don't know. This is crazy to watch this happen, though. Yeah, it's. A few years ago, this dude was leading church services on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, it's such a with, turnaround. With, yeah, and like, man. Anyway, hmm. crazy. I mean, how crazy do you have to be whenever you like you get kicked out of Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> right? Yeah. When they're like, "You're crazy," he's like, "Here, like, yeah, you're too crazy for the nut house." This is the one leave. place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ooh. this is a nut house, but you're crazy as shit. You need to get the hell out of here. You're upsetting the other inmates. It's just crazy the platform he has too. But I mean, like you talk about like Amazon's platform, like still having, uh, you know, the anti-Semitic shit that they've got on there. Like there's just a lot of high-reaching things that are going that direction lately. It's scary. It's very scary. It's very, and I don't understand what's going on. Mm. And I don't know. It's it's very scary when you have a couple of kids and just like, mm. look, I don't want them growing up in that kind of world, or at least not thinking that that's okay. Yeah. And that's the way. Like you just got to make sure you teach. Oh, anyway. Let's, uh, you know. let's talk about something happier. Yeah, did you know that Gen Z? Did you know Gen Z's having so few kids that in fifty years we're going to have a major labor shortage in America? Anyway, hell yes. Um, automation. Let's hope. Let's hope that makes up the gap. In all honesty, to keep things going for like you know, yeah, like no. if I have grandkids someday, let's make sure they got a, a world. Yeah. Right. Um, Fuck. Anyway. This is the Freshly Made Crackers podcast. Yeah, we yeah. usually talk about nerdy stuff. We like comic books and stuff. If you're tuning in for the <laughs> tuning in for the first time, this is not the usual uh, discussion. So uh, we will, you know, quickly pivot into saying, and this is probably the last episode of the year. We might get another one in before New Year's Eve. Squeeze in like a Christmas hijinks. Maybe throw something in there in the week yeah. between, yeah, or something. But if not, we're still going to use this opportunity to kind of recap the year a little bit. Yeah. 
talk about what we watched, what we listened to, what we read. Yes, yes. What we liked, what we disliked this year. We also have a topic from Reddit we're going to bump up and, and, and talk about a little bit because I thought it was awesome. I threw it at Ian and he was like, that didn't enjoy it. Yeah, fascinating. So we got some good stuff. We're going to be, I think it's going to be a long one. Yeah, yeah. Trying to dig into Strap some Strap in, folks. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the year. What did you, let's, let's, let's talk music first. What did you listen okay. to? Do you yes. have your Spotify rap? Does everyone <laughs> yeah. have their Spotify raps at, at the ready? Now that has been such a fun thing. We've been doing it at work, like showing them off to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I love data. I love data in action. <laughs> so it's so great. Uh, yeah. I, the thing that surprised me the most is I, I played a video game for about three months called paradise killer. It's a fucking really rad game. Uh, it dropped on game pass okay. earlier this year. It's like a detective, uh, game in a really crazy psychedelic world anyway the soundtrack fucking rips dude it's so fucking good to the point that in three months of listening to that soundtrack some random dude named epoch who made this soundtrack is my number one artist of the whole year for this paradise killer soundtrack oh for wow okay three straight months i listened now, to what, what would you what would you how would you classify the music on it it's like real f- funk electronica it's really upbeat okay. shit uh even like kind of the slower stuff just has some really banging rhythms to it but it's all very funky uh dance it's it's really good i i highly recommend anybody who likes uh you know just like electronic or even like funk music to check it out it's fucking worth listening to um lots of good uh bombastic tracks but yeah dude top to like he beat cake out for my my most listened to this year so uh yeah it, it was pretty surprising um but uh yeah, it was like that and uh, lots of lo-fi. That's been kind of my jams this year. I've been trying to like chill out and just have some ambient music on when I'm just doing shit, you know? So Right on. Yeah, you? see, I, that's what I've been doing too. I have a, uh, I, I, I listen to a lot of uh, a playlist. Well, so my, my Spotify rap is I got to sit through it <laughs> because A, I play my kids' music. Oh, right, yeah. Um, on a lot of stuff so like that's gonna in influence everything and get in there yeah um so like this year a lot of the music on my spotify rap list was like Encanto. okay yeah um i don't know if you've seen the movie Encanto. fuck yeah that's a ripping soundtrack um it's a great movie too it's one of my favorite because it's not there's not a villain Mm-hmm. it's just about a family figuring itself out and like it's like the thing we talk about these movies that are out nowadays that are just like about parents apologizing mm-hmm. like it's turning red so cathartic um, yeah it's because millennials are making films now <laughs> yeah. they're making major motion pictures and all those movies are just about parents apologizing <laughs> that's what they're, that's what fantasy movies are about <laughs> not about fighting a dragon it's about a mom apologizing yeah anyway um so that's in there but I'll tell you what I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some stuff out for my something out for my kids uh, playlist that we bumped a lot this year and I'll tell you what this man did not have to go so hard on this track no one asked him to no one pulled up and said look you need to break people's brains with this mm. but Post Malone's Chippendale Rescue Rangers theme song <laughs> yes is a straight fucking banger it's it's um, like the movie way better than it should be man how good. If we haven't talked about that on the episode on this ep- uh, podcast, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie is fucking tremendous. It's so good. It is so fucking well done as far as being meta mm-hmm. and being outside of the show and the way and Mulaney and Sandberg are goddamn incredible in it. Yeah. Um, 
I, I love it. Anyway, like it feels hyperbolic, but like I almost want to say that like it it just about touches Roger Rabbit in the way that it does the same themes and like it it really reaches that for that fucking star and almost hits it. like it's so good that, in the way it comments which on is cartoons and animation like we're going for and it's an it's a it's a perfect noir like if you listen to the interviews with like Jorma Tacone mm. the guy who uh, directed the guy who, and the, uh, the guys from Lonely Island everybody that's what they were right. going for they're like we want to make we wanted to make the spiritual successor to Roger Rabbit. I think they did. That and shit. like, I think they did too. I think to watch those two movies together and it would be a hell of a great day. And it would have, mm-hmm. you'd feel like watching, you're watching a sequel almost, even though yeah. it's a sequel to a cartoon TV show from the nineties, it would still, it also feels like a, this, a sequel to this eighties cartoon live action hybrid movie. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I loved it. Same. In fact, we haven't got the movies yet, but I'm going to throw it as my favorite kids movie. Here. I think okay. I think right on. Really, really good. But, but my Spotify rap, um, not a lot of new music mm. on it from like that came out this year. I will say that um, uh, Jeremy Todd, who we have had, I think we had Jeremy on the podcast, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, ages ago, I think. Didn't we? At the time, he went by his old name, which is Jeremy McConaughey. Okay. Um, but someone else has that name, so he has that, and he goes by his first <laughs> middle name. He put an album out this year. Nice. Um, that's just uh, under his name. If you go on Spotify or anywhere, look for it. It's just Jeremy Todd. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's incredible. I think it's, I mean, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It, nice. Um, he's a single, you know, he, he's a single dad. He's been a single dad for a long time. And I think that he speaks a lot of the same feelings, you know, he, you know, just like any other music that connects with you. Yeah. You feel like the artist is singing from your, inside your head. Right. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and uh, um, that's something that I really get from it. But I think it's, he's got a very Avid Brothers vibe, you know, okay. and, uh, I think that one of the their studio people worked on the album with him, actually. Oh, cool. <clears throat> but it's very, very, very good. Right on. I love it. Um, so I listened to that. I really like Pusha T's album. Okay. I think as far as new albums, uh, that's probably my album of the year is Pusha T. Um, it was really good. Uh, but I listened to a lot of Mac Miller. Of course. A lot of old stuff. You know, I would say that 1512, an album by Rabin Red, is probably one of my uh, favorite. You guys my were my number three, five. Uh, artist. You were my number nice. five artist, yeah. We were, we were my number three. So, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that, uh, that, uh, we really appreciate that for anybody who listened to us and stuff. It's a good shit. It's uh, a good jam sure, this year. Because we are, um, and we've got more music coming up. So yeah. this isn't about that. <laughs> no. Um, one wow. thing I do uh, listen to a lot is if you get on Spotify, and this is what I'm going to throw out there to people, there's a playlist that is just lo-fi hip-hop 2021, huh. and the picture on it is like the picture of Stone Homer driving around. <laughs> Perfect. Um, it is fucking awesome. It is such a great, great chill playlist if you're into lo-fi hip-hop music. Oh, it's yeah. almost seven hours long, Yes. and I put that on around the house a lot. Uh, it's got a lot of different people on it that I, that I really enjoy. Hell yeah. Um, stuff like I'm Closing My Eyes by Patsu or Controller by Idealism or Thinking of You by Mommy. Those are all really Fuck yeah. good songs. Um, so yeah, I really, that's something I think that, I think that this year has been the year of lo-fi hip-hop for a lot of people. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I've been talking lo-fi to a lot beat. of people saying the same shit. That's like been my jams, lo-fi hip-hop or like lo-fi video game music has been a really good one too. Oh yeah. And that's like mm-hmm. really branching out with artists and stuff, but yeah, no, it's like that lo-fi scene is fucking, it is cool. We all need a little bit of chill, I think, in our lives right now. And it's really hitting the, hitting oh, the totally, fucking mark. Totally. Yeah, speaking, I mean, my number four artist was the fucking Angela Badalamenti, who did all of the scores for um, David Lynch's projects. But 
specifically oh, really? okay. Twin Peaks season one and two soundtracks. Uh, the scores are mm-hmm. some fucking prime, spooky, cool, relaxing, jazzy shit. I love it. Dude's great. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense with what, you know, with Lynch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he definitely fits the vibe, you know, uh, odd sounds and static. What else? Um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of the, uh, uh, the Sing 2 soundtrack, it appears, is where okay. I go, as I go through my... Uh, um, but a lot of it is... Uh, my, my Spotify sucks, though, right now. I can't really use it because <laughs> it gets used in my work every day. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so, like, in the office, we have speakers, and I run, like, classic rock playlists or 90s okay. rock playlists and stuff like that um, during work. So, like, when I go through my top songs, it's all... it's You know, I've got stuff like Hashpipe by Weezer. I don't... <laughs> fucking go out of my way to listen to hash pipe by weezer but it's on a 90s rock playlist and yeah, yeah. it plays a lot you know it was um, one of the many songs of the 90s that's for sure it sure was it sure was um yeah like dirty little seeker by the all-american Rejects. that's not a song that i go look <laughs> okay. for yes. um but it's definitely on that playlist that gets played a lot because there's definitely a pop punk playlist that goes on too oh, fuck yeah um but yeah i listen to a lot of um the covers that we do in our band whenever we bust out a cover here and there. So like right. that's in my playlist and stuff. But I really listen to a lot of Mac Miller this year more than anything probably. Nice. Um, but lately I've been listening to the uh, newest live My Morning Jacket album. Okay. I haven't checked that out. Um, it's very, very good. They started doing a live series on vinyl and it's also on Spotify. On that. Um, but yeah, they're they're very, very good. I love My Morning Jacket. Oh, fuck yeah. They're just an exceptional, you know, there's nobody like them. They're a Absolutely. And uh, just completely keep bringing out solid, solid projects. They're especially awesome captivating live. live like their performances are yeah. just so fucking good. Where are we? We went to the Fox Theater. Yeah. Like the Peabody Opera. Peabody. House. Yeah, it was Peabody. Yeah. That was a fucking good show. Yeah, they are so that fucking was. solid. That was. They're just, it's interesting to me. Like that band started as like, a Southern rock band and somehow they turned into like American Pink Floyd. Yeah. No, absolutely. They're so fucking psychedelic. It's it's really great. Yeah, they really went an interesting the way they pro they progress or prog- they progressed. <laughs> they progressed. Yes, <laughs> grew in their art. Um, so, what'd you what you watch this year? What did you? Let's go movies first. Man, uh, the one of course we talked. Nope, like that's definitely like hard to beat as something that fucking ruled this year. Um, but oh, uh, before we get into this, just so everybody's aware, um. Ian and I will be, uh, we'll announce the date coming up here pretty soon, but we're going to be at the Ronnie's 20 Theater in St. Louis uh, in the parking lot, um, booing anybody who goes to Avatar 2. Just, <laughs> yes. I don't know what dates we're going to be there exactly. We're, gonna, we're getting that all figured out, but we're, what I can get down there, but we're definitely going to be out there uh, probably throwing popcorn mm-hmm. at people. For and sure. I don't know, and I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I just feel like these movies are so unnecessary. Yeah. Like, story-wise, there's nothing revolutionary about Avatar. It's a movie that's been told a million times. A it's million like worse Fern Gully, uh, you know. Dances with Wolves. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. there's a million different things where you can, you know, a person goes to infiltrate these indigenous people and becomes one of them and then fights against the people he came from. Yeah, there's, white savior, perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the spectacle of Avatar at the time was that 3D had come back. Yeah, yeah. You know, because through the 90s and 80s and stuff, 3D, 3D became big in the 70s for a while. Yeah. Uh, like the for technology kind of blew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as the, as the movie industry progressed, the 3D didn't, so it went away. And it was just like at Six Flags. You know, yeah. you go like watch something in a 3D theater or something or in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And then like 
the avatar was the big push forward, obviously. And Cameron did all that, you know, he, yeah. he made these new cameras. He got movie theaters to install all these new fucking projectors. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, looking back how big of a deal that was. Yeah. I mean, the televisions <laughs> to follow, like it really became mm-hmm. such a huge trend that died so quickly. And all that started with avatar. You have yeah. to give it yep. that. Absolutely. But it's not like it's some revolutionary film. I don't know. I went and saw theaters I think twice because it was a spectacle, but like I've yeah. not revisited it really. Right. No, it's not fun to watch on a small screen normal. You know, it's just and, and what's that mm-hmm. been? Fifteen years? Yeah. Now? Yeah, you can't is, help but have a is, bunch of build up and and I don't are know. Are people really clamoring for this movie? I know a couple of people that are, but I mean that's their I know, you know, you're right, because I'm not gonna give myself away, but there's a certain movie website that I post on and i have definitely had some arguments with people where they have told me that i am very wrong and that there are people who are very interested in see avatar <laughs> whenever i make a smarmy comment on every single avatar post on that website joblow.com and uh just so i guess there are avatar people out there but, yeah you know, I mean, every franchise has somebody i guess it's how they're franchises but uh yeah i mean it's just gonna is, be more it wasn't un- a franchise though it was a fucking movie it was supposed was to be seven movies from the ago. beginning you know that's kind of been cameron's whole thing about it that it was going to be the thing really? you know See, i didn't realize that he thought that i didn't, I didn't oh I didn't, yeah he i think seven I, goddamn i think seven might have been an exaggeration. i do believe it was it's five a fucking day yeah that's fucking a lot i mean that's that's more lord of the rings you know that uh, is but I mean, and it's one of those James Cameron. You gonna try and tell me you have more of a story to tell than James, the J.R.R. Tolkien? Suck my ass, you son of a bitch! And I mean, like again, seven hours of true lies. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, dude, go back to the field shit. Give me aliens with a dollar sign. Like, let's fucking go back to your roots. Uh, I mean, it's Titanic too. We've all been waiting for Titanic too. That's what I kind of think. This is going to be essentially like it's just him going back to water shit. I mean, it's the abyss. He's just going to be torturing Mm -hmm. other actors in the water, you know. But like, that's the thing that he's already done a lot of. I mean, even the documentaries were fascinating. uh, But it's like, okay, you've done water. Like, what's the new new thing? You you know, like you say, the only reason why the first Avatar really mattered was the three D thing. And this is just, well, we got. Uh, prettier water effects like i don't know like what's what is the deal this time what makes this matter uh but i i, I can't find it <laughs> to me like it's gonna have to be when i went and saw nope in 4dx that <laughs> was a that was the a movie experience yeah that is so fucking dope and i don't know if i'm sure there is an avatar 4dx experience i'm sure that there mm. and whatever i can't think what it is now that triple screen thing but oh, to yeah. me, like that's not enough anymore. Like that, M- Nope is still an awesome movie. Yeah, it can stand movie. alone, right? Absolutely, I can watch it in my living room. It doesn't have to spray me with water. <laughs> For me, it doesn't have to be you know the log flume to <laughs> right. enjoy it, right? Um, I just don't. And and like I read that budget wise, like this movie has to be like the second or third highest grossing film of all time to turn a profit. <laughs> that's insane. What the fuck are you guys doing? Like, how much? What? How? What did James Cameron do? Right. I know that he's made the two two. biggest films of all time (laughs) because he's made he made Titanic and he made Avatar. Those are the two biggest films of all time. Um, and you know, like, and then besides that, it's a Marvel. Mm -hmm. You know, like in the top five or whatever. So I get it. Like, he is a proven person who has made enormous movies and he struck gold twice. So like. When you're a movie th- studio, obviously that's just like, and then you throw on stuff like Terminator and the Abyss and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, he's, the dude has got an incredible track record. And yeah. even though 
I would put True Lies at the top of all that. But okay. anyway, yes. um, best Tom Arnold yeah. performance. Oh, without a mm, he really knows how to chew up a scene with John Goodman, though. I don't uh, know. There's some really good Roseanne scenes that John would just. That's true. Tom Arnold and John Goodman that are better. A little piece of my childhood that I can't overlook. God, I forget he shows up in Roseanne. He's so fucking funny in Roseanne. That dude is. Dude, what a career move. That dude was just like, I'll just start fucking this woman <laughs> and get on that show so people know who I am more. And it's it worked. A- it's amazing that how- at a time they were the celebrity couple. Like Tom Arnold and Roseanne were like the celebrity couple. Like that's an it amazing. Was, there piece were of two history. couples at that time. There were Brad Pitt and, yes. and Jennifer Aniston yes. were together, and there was Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr. Those two were the fucking power couples. <laughs> we hadn't seen Jay Z and Beyonce yet. Right. We didn't get to that yet, so we hadn't made it to you know back when Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow were together. Those those we haven't seen those power couples yet. ASAP Rocky and Rihanna. We had Tom Arnold and Roseanne right on every fucking movie, magazine cover right next to Brad and fucking Jennifer. Yep. All the talk shows and the tattoos yep. of each other's name or whatever. Oh, my God. That's oh, Angelina Jolie back then. She was power coupling up with no fucking. Uh, uh, what's his name? You know, uh, I don't got no reason to kill nobody. No Are those the, oh, the Billy Bob days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The 90s are so weird, man. I love them. Right? Yeah. That was like fun chaos. I do. Oh man, I have such crippling nostalgia for the '90s. It's not even funny. <laughs> I talk a lot about that with friends, like about how much like the '60s, not so much the '70s. The '70s, there are some very there are a lot, a lot of long lines drawn mm-hmm. musically as far as like what there was. This there was you were rock, you were disco, but you mm. there was. But like in, when the '90s hit, like anything could be a band, yeah, and make it to the radio. You could literally make a song where you're like. <laughs> and that would be a, the number one song in the world yes. at one point. Or you could be Primus, or you yep. could be Nine Inch Nails, or you could be Four Non Blondes. Like yeah. the bands were so strange and diverse. And yes. then there were things like Radiohead happening, and, mm-hmm. and Portishead, and and Fat Boy Slim, and the Chemical Brothers. Yes, the Dave Matthews Band and Jewel, and all these things were so different. And and Rage Against the Machine was mm-hmm. happening, and. And like all that stuff, would you would see all those music videos in a day's time. Yeah, when yeah, an like, MTV existed, it was just a there was a moment. A generation of subgenres, like and one hit wonders. There was like so mm-hmm. many one hit wonders that we still like get a lot of play from this like, every single so day. Oh, it was good. <laughs> there, yes. was, there was a lot of those, you know, like uh, um, Astro Sex and Candy. Oh God, yeah, that Marcy song played on the radio every single day. You know what? If you right now know another Marcy Playground song and can say it on the top of your head, <laughs> most likely you're part of Marcy Playground. <laughs> most likely you're in the band. Because oh, that was a one-hit wonder. But Absolutely. Man, what a hit. Yeah, you know, it I was everywhere. Up a while back. Some, we were talking about that. Um, maybe it was you and I or somebody else. I don't know. We were talking about one-hit wonders. And I looked up specifically what Montel Jordan made. <laughs> but this is how we do it. Because this is how we yes. do it. Is like the perfect one hit wonder song as far as if you were going to make money off a song. Yes. Because it gets used in sporting events and it gets used in movies and it gets used on TV shows and they play it on Howard Stern. And like every time it gets, and it still gets played on the R&B and hip hop stations. Yeah. So like through ASCAP and everything, like, and it gets streams and it's like, what does Montel Jordan make off of this is how we do it? And I think I went and went through the project and like figured it all out. And it looks like 
just off that one song, he probably makes around 36 grand a month. Wow. And it's not a ton of money. It's $360,000 a year. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a ton of money. I mean, for a song that you wrote in 1994, um, but like, it's not like millions of dollars or something like that, but it's who could not, who like, that's it. Yeah. He's just a preacher. He will never be forgotten, you know? (laughs) No, he's, and he's a preacher. He like quit doing that shit. He just fucking runs a church and like, he also, strangely enough, I don't know why I know so much about Montel Jordan, but here's another thing. He's my height. He's a big, tall son oh, of a bitch. And he turned down an NBA contract to be a recording artist. Whoa. How about That's that? fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think I would say it paid off. It didn't take as much of a toll on his body, probably. <laughs> probably not. He's, I mean, he's still every single day. This is how we do it. Somewhere it's getting played. Shit, now we got to pay <laughs> We have to play it. Well, luckily that was an interpolation of less than 30 seconds. So we go, it's outside of copyright. Excellent. Um, but like every time they use it on satellite radio or something like mm-hmm. that, like every time the strippers would come in on Howard Stern, he would play that song while they dance. Every time you're, if you're watching a sporting event and a song plays in the stadium mm-hmm. and you can hear it on the TV, someone's got to, they have to pay royalties. It's been like the H&R Block theme song for the last like five years or so. Like just getting, have, getting yeah. stuff that every so they've April. they licensed it and paid it. Yeah, man, that's what we need to do. We need to write it so this is how we do it. <laughs> that's all we got to do. <laughs> write the most I ubiquitous one hit ever. I think it was an MTV or a, a Saturday Night Live thing where Tim Meadows had like, he was like a parody character. And he had a song like, it's time to do the nasty. <laughs> it, was, it was time to do the nasty. <laughs> It's hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, what other movies did you see this year? What movies came out this year? Oh, man. I actually had to look at a list. It was like a blur for me. I know Sonic 2 came Mm -hmm. out this year, which was pretty fun. I fucking dug that shit. I was admittedly um, pretty into it. I mean, I dressed up as Dr. Robotnik for Halloween. Hmm. Uh, Man, for me, though, everything, everywhere, all at once was like, fucking Great such an amazing film dude i had so much yeah. fun Another i really movie enjoyed it written by a millennial about parents <laughs> apologizing <laughs> yes exactly Just to so the point that it aware. saved the universe that yes. was a big one Oh fuck! But yeah, it was so good. Like just the fact that the the martial arts games were so unique and fascinating and fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like just on that level alone, it was good. But it was also like really fucking heartfelt and very philosophical. And, and like despite all of its goofiness, I really enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. And it was cool getting to see uh fucking you know short round back like actually on screen again. Uh, Kwan, who's fucking he rules. Happened, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to Clerks Three. Fuck yes. Oh, fuck yes, dude. Really, so, really enjoyed the hell of a Clerks It was three. so good. Um, as somebody, I, you know, I was remember when Clerks came out and it kind of changed a lot of stuff for me about how I mm-hmm. looked at uh, film and stuff. And I've always been the biggest Kevin Smith fan. And fucking goddamn it if I didn't love Clerks 3, if it didn't have all the funny and all the heart that I wanted. To yes, yes. The way it so, blended Clerks history and like the snowball effect documentary and all the stuff that really happened, like... Mm-hmm. It, it was perfect. It really fucking managed to tie that knot so well. Um, other movies, obviously, I know it's cliche to say at this point, but I am a person who absolutely adores Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I still need to see I it. I do. I love it. I think it's a wonderful fucking movie. I've probably watched it 20 fucking times. Damn. Um, I bought it, you know, so it's, like one of, it's, it's my for a while there was my movie that I put on. I might put it on tonight when I get because it's just, it's like hanging out with friends. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
You know, like Kevin Smith talks about that, about how we rewatch our favorite movies, mm-hmm. not because we need, or our favorite TV shows. I don't need to know what happens in the office. I just want to hang out with those people. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You know, Kevin Smith uses Daisy and Confused. He's like, I don't need to know the plot in Daisy and Confused. He's like, but I just, sometimes I want to see Wooderson. Yep. You know, sometimes I want to hang out with those people. Absolutely. And like, I think that is, uh, I could, that's my favorite thing that I love, that I love deeply in my heart as far as film and TV go. I can feel that way about those things, like community. Mm-hmm. I've seen this show Community I'm more times than some people have seen their dicks. <laughs> I, right. I have, I have seen that. I've seen that show from top to bottom. I could probably perform certain episodes for you in whole. Right. I don't watch it to find out what's going to happen. Oh my God, who's going to win the paintball? <laughs> I just love hanging out with him. Yeah. You know, and like that was another great part about Clerks Three is just like getting to hang out with Dante and Randall. Yep. Again. See, but I love Top Gun Maverick. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if it is the <laughs> biggest movie in the world and that everyone liked it. I liked it too. I think it's great. And it must Tom have done Cruise its job. Great. And Miles Teller is great. Yeah. And if that dude that's in it that they say is going to be playing the new Cyclops, I'm on that because I think he is fucking perfect. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, the blonde headed guy. I, yeah. I can't think of his name, but he is supposedly um, in for it. Okay. Uh, Lightyear, another great movie. Yes. Movie I want to. I want to bring up. I'm obsessed obviously, with socks. Um, obviously, uh, my my youngest just had his fourth birthday because he and Ian share a birthday. We sure do. Um, and he got all these Lightyear toys. Hell yeah! Um, so many. Um, other stuff. Obviously, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, definitely um, enjoyed the Batman. That. Uh, yeah. The Batman was. Uh, I had fun. I like. I, I love it. it. I, I mean, I loved it. I yeah, mean, it's fucking Batman's a detective. Yeah. You know? It's not my favorite Batman franchise, but it's definitely not my least favorite Batman franchise. Weirdly, it was way funnier than I expected. The fucking mm-hmm. Batmobile has a backfire and can't start on the first run. That's hilarious to me. It was so right. funny. Like, I don't know, well, but yeah, I fucking enjoyed it. We're seeing this perfectly refined Batman that's yes. not still figuring shit out, but like this Batman's young and he doesn't have it all worked out yet. He, he's kind of like, clumsy and, and jumps in yeah. too soon. And like, yeah, it's it's pretty great. He's learning. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes for the next few movies. Like, Same. Colin um, Farrell ruled. He really fucking just hid in that role. Like, he he was really fun he, as a big one. Can he get not? Do you think he, I mean, have they won the Oscars? Can he get nominated for that? Do you think there's any chance? I would love that to happen. Colin Farrell being nominated for that because, man, what a stepping outside of who you actually are. Yes. Like, what? Well, that's some fucking re- legit acting like i couldn't fucking see him. like i tried there was like the second right. time they're like trying to see him in there and like he was fucking lost in that role it was really good yeah and like yeah it would be nice to see something you know get sort of a recognition we haven't seen like a lot of comic book stuff actually get uh you know praise for being as good as it can be besides like fucking the dark knight trilogy so it'd be cool to see him get a well it's only that. gonna be a batman movie because it's gotta be serious before anybody takes it serious so, yeah like, i feel yeah. like it's gotta no. be in some sort of batman film mm-hmm. um i really enjoyed uh fucking bullet train oh yeah still need to see that that looked fun i thought bullet train was good um, I didn't so much enjoy Beast with Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. That protecting his family from the lion. lion. That one was pretty pokey. Yeah. Uh, World by Night was good. Oh, I had fun with that. Obviously. Um, X. Did you see X? I did not see X. That looks good. Though. I enjoyed it a lot. It's very, okay. very good. And then there's actually a sequel already. They, they filmed in secret that's already out. Ooh, fascinating. So the sequel came out this year already, too. I haven't watched it. It's Pearl. It's a prequel, actually. Okay. Interesting. Um, a movie I did not hate that is getting a lot of hate is Black Adam. Okay. 
Not too bad. I don't hate Black Adam. I don't. I mean, it could have been way worse. It's got the fucking rock in it. For crying out loud, it could have been way worse. Yeah. Uh, not the biggest fan of Pinocchio. I was. I, I didn't even really want to watch that. Wait, which one? The Guillermo one or the uh, the Tom Hanks one? No, the the yeah the it was who did that? Zemeckis. Yeah, it was a Zemeckis. I believe. Yeah. 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 I'm good. Zemeckis' um, CG movies just have never done it for me. It's also just, you know, I don't really care. As far as what Disney's doing right now, I don't care about this. We're going to redo all of our Mm-mm. cartoon films and Same. live action. Yeah, I got no fascination with that. I will say Strange World, tremendous. Really? The new Disney movie that came okay. out, we took Max uh, to it for a uh, birthday last weekend for a matinee, and I thought it was fucking killer. I really, really liked it. I really want to see it. It yeah. looks awesome. Like the... the... Yeah the art design is awesome looking yeah yeah people are shitting on that too well i don't understand why like i don't think are people shitting on it or people just not going to see i think it's that people are not going to see it i think that's the problem because the things i've been reading about it are like a lot of the reviews are man it's a shame that people aren't going to see this movie because it's great okay um i think that a lot of that has to do with people know these movies are going to be on disney plus soon yeah yeah, there's not a lot of incentive to go to the theater and lightyear should have done better than what it did yeah no agreed but people know that if they just wait a month, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that turnaround is so quick. It's not doing them any mm-hmm. justice. Yeah, I agree. Big screen, you know, that's the way those things should really be seen, you know. Absolutely, especially this movie. It's, a, it's like, it's an animated spectacle, you know. It's a really yeah. a discovery, uh, journey to the center of the earth kind of thing. Fuck yeah. And it's very, very, very good. I really liked it. I, I mean, I also like this whole genre of films that's going on right now, too, that's probably millennial filmmakers also, where it's like, about good dads right yeah you know or like dads that that's what we all dream of fix like dads that change well there are a lot (laughs) of them about dads that change and improve and recognize their shortcomings and fix them oh god so man i'm here for this millennial wave of films same i need i need this shit (laughs) i'm probably gonna take my mom to a lot of these movies going forward there you go just see if she starts to get the hint um (laughs) But yeah, that's what's still nope, though. It's probably, I haven't put nope over anything as my favorite movie. Probably. It was just so fucking good. It's original, man. I really yes. appreciate how fresh it is. Same. Beyond it being good, beyond it being great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing soundtrack. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and everybody is so good at it. You know, mm. like Stephen Yoon plays that character so well. Yes. Like his awkwardness and his, I don't know, he just, He's nothing like he's been in anything else. Yeah, yeah, he really um, did good shit. I really like him as uh, Invincible, also. Oh yeah, I need to see. Um, yeah, you watched Invincible, haven't you? I haven't. I need to. I need to watch that. Well, I need to go ahead and get you a login for Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck with Amazon. That's the problem. There's so much good shit on that and Netflix right now. The two things I don't yeah. have. Well, the two best things, as far as in my opinion, the two best comic book related things that are going right now are The Boys and Invincible. Mm, and they're yeah. both on Amazon. The Boys is so fucking good. I saw I the first two seasons. Lord, by how good it is. Yeah, I, I need to Oh, man. That. The third season just is, goes, it just t- turns it up. I can't wait to see where it goes after this season. Invincible was done so well. As someone who loves the Invincible comics, mm-hmm. it's just Stephen Yoon plays Invincible and uh, Mark, you know, and... yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons is Omni Man. Nice. And 
Ah, man, it is. You're going to fucking love it. It yeah, is so good. The animation is so spot on with the comic. Fuck yeah. Um, and man, I mean, you've read Invincible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, been years, but yeah, I fucking love that. The, the original confrontation between Mark and his dad. Mm-hmm. Whenever Omni Man, you know, beats him almost to death and then leaves the planet, yeah, is so well done. Nice. Um, we got to mention Andor. Oh God, yes, dude, Andor, and that finale. Andor. Where do we start with Andor? It it is like uh, there are certain times while I was watching it, episodes would end, and I would go, "Do I like this better than the original trilogy?" Sometimes, like I don't know either. It's so fucking good. Between it and Mandalorian, I'm getting everything oh. I need Star Wars scratched. Yeah. Like, I'm getting the serious, this whole, this just show. My God. We, how, first of all, there's not a lightsaber in the whole thing. No, nope. <laughs> I love it. You know, like, which is, for some people, it's like hard to wrap your head around. But like, yeah. Andor is everything, is literally everything that the sequels aren't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everything that I so hate well. about the focused. sequels. It is not those things. Yeah. And it is, man, everybody is fucking good in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't think of what the woman's name is that plays Mon Mothma. Oh, yeah, she's killing I it, I think though. she's killer. Yes. Andy Serkis, uh, his oh, role was, uh, man. He and was the moment so when good. you realize that he can't swim and everything yeah. like that, oh, he, was, fuck. he did it all just to get it like, oh, man. That's the, th- like, they fucking, like, it's really fun because of the way they wrapped up. Like, I, I, we keep talking about how cool it is for Star Wars to do, like, genre stuff. So having, like, the heist and the prison break in Star Wars is cool. Mm-hmm. But the f- the way that they have captured the emotionality of the beginning of the Rebel Alliance, like, it's mm-hmm. fucking nailing it. Like, I get a little emotional about it. That's the shit that I love the most about it, the underdog Same. story and the fucking rebels coming together and these mm-hmm. splinter cells and how they build. And it just... It's beautiful. Everything is so beautiful. I know this is going to sound very strange because they are such different properties, but there are parts of it that make me feel that make me feel the same way as parts of Hamilton do. Just the idea of like these young people, these people that are from nothing, like taking a chance and trying to overthrow this government. Yeah, and like because you know, even though America is fucked right now, we started in a very interesting way. Absolutely. You know, the, in some ways, in some ways we're horrific, but like everything starts before, um, you know, every birth has blood. Yeah. Um, I don't know who said that. Maybe I just said that. That's really good. That's <laughs> it's a good quote either way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Either way. Um, but like, I, I just love how, as I watch Andor, I think to myself, this is how a revolution begins. You know, yeah, like I yep. can see how these people are so tired of this tyranny and like, and oh man, it's just One so. One way out. Like, I mean, it's just. Ugh. It's just powerful imagery and shit too. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And Diego Luna, let's oh my give God. him an Emmy tomorrow. Dude. I don't. <laughs> the, I know that the ceremony is not till next year, but let's just give him one now. Uh, he has the saddest face I've ever seen on screen. Like it is. Yes. I just want to help his little puppy dog self. Like he is so fucking good in every scene, though. That dude is captivating as hell. Um, We're just gonna talk about Andor as though people have watched it. I'm sorry if you watched Andor. <laughs> just watch the shit. For a second. But the uh, ending, the very end, yes. and the way that the things that they were working on in the prison oh, are a part of the ray in the Death Star, and knowing that how Cassian Andor dies, oh. and that he is building his own demise. It's so poetic. When he uh, was there, there's oh, there's so many. It's just thank you guys for fucking Andor. Thank yes. you for that. I mean, my favorite like, thing too. It, the Empire is fucking actually competent and terrifying mm-hmm. and like yes. calculating. Like holy shit. Yeah. Uh, 
I do want to correct something I said last time we talked about Andor with the with the guys from Rabbit and Red. Um, I mentioned that the the main ISB chick was the voice of Bayonetta from the video games. That was not true. Mm -hmm. She's the voice of Yennefer from Witcher Three. Um, okay. okay, which is better. <laughs> but yeah, she's fucking like her micro expressions are ridiculous. Dude, she's one of the most like fucking terrifying people I've seen on TV in a while. So coldly so scary. Yeah. And and you know people keep asking about like, well, when are we going to get a Star Wars movie? Who needs it? I yeah, I'm fine. Keep Who giving a shit like and like it works better like episodic anyway. Absolutely. And if you want to get something that's not like Andor, man, Kenobi was great. Yes, absolutely. You know, we get we got something. We got a great Jedi story. Yep. You Book wanted like say was all right. Yeah, it's a it it's a fun okay. side story. You know, halfway through when it becomes Mandalorian two point five, <laughs> it gets way better. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Um, but like between the Mandalorian. And what's going and like I really enjoyed the Jedi Tales uh cartoons that oh, came out. Oh yeah, also. I thought that, that was I thought great. Those were really great. The Dooku Bringing fall was Dooku. really fascinating. Yes, and getting to tell that story and stuff. Like the is Filoni in charge of all this shit? I haven't even looked into that. Like yeah, he's basically he, running the television side of all of it. It it seems like for the most part, it's like him and and uh, Favreau. And Favreau, yeah. Because I'll tell you what, these motherfuckers are like bullseye because they are not missing everything Seriously. that they're. The worst thing they've made is Book of Boba Fett, and it's still pretty good. Well, and they're doing the thing that that Lucas did best was that they're handing it off to people that are really fucking good at what they're doing. Like, mm -hmm. like Empire Strikes Back works so well because somebody else directed it. <laughs> like, it, it's right. like, but that's what they do with Andor. They got you know somebody who fucking knew these characters, care about this whole revolution thing, puts a, an actual mm -hmm. hi, uh, our history mark in a lot of places uh, for all these different growing rebellions across historical periods and, and mashing them into the Star Wars universe. Like they just, they know how to find the people to interpret the stories the way they need to be interpreted. And it's, it's fucking mm -hmm. keep it going. Keep it fucking going. I am so excited to see the Ahsoka show. Same. Man, I'm ready to see what Rosario Dawson is going to bring to that role and yes. what story they're going to tell. Um, hope, we, hope we get to a Thrawn in live action. Cool. I know. I ho I also hope that Michael Fassbender plays Thrawn. I know that would be exactly pretty great, he actually. I, he's my pick. I think that he'd be really good. Blue Michael Fassbender. <laughs> right? I Obviously, he's not my Isaac, first pick. But... Josh, Josh Holloway is my number one pick. Obviously, yeah, he's going to figure out an accent. Blue, um, blue his ass but, up. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you say? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Jason Isaacs. He oh, he'd be great. He he'd actually great. does a uh, the yeah. voice of the Grand Inquisitor in the Rebels uh, show. But I think uh -huh. that he he could have he has that same sort of like just killer cold bossy vibe, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Acolyte seems like it's going to be pretty neat. It's like a going to be a High Republic uh, ending of the High mm -hmm. Republic series. So we're getting more hardcore Jedi action in that way too. Um, yeah, that'll that's going to be that's going to be interesting too because that's something we've never seen the Jedi at their height. Yeah, the absolute peak of them. We've only seen their hubris and when be, they've fallen apart completely. So Yeah, I think that's gonna be very, very cool. That's something that's kinda of crucial, I think, at mm -hmm. this point to like build that. Yeah, same. That's that's gonna be very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what they on the other hand, I will say since, you know, big Star Wars Marvel Disney news is that Bob Iger is coming back. Yes. And a lot of that has to do with apparently because phase four is not turned out the way they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I keep reading the same thing from a lot of people that are in, you know, in the know that leak stuff. That one of the big words that is being thrown around is oversaturation, mm, mm -hmm. and like I couldn't agree more. I believe it. I really appreciate the stories that they've told, but we have had more in eleven years. We had twenty-three movies, and we have had nineteen projects in the past two years. Yeah, 
and their long ones so, too being series like they're more than movies yes i think that these one shots are way better than these movies these shows mm-hmm. um some things require a show i think that some things were, were but like i think that some things could have been turned into a special like mm-hmm. werewolf at by night or the guardian special yeah you know, or i don't think that do we need an entire series about agatha yeah yeah I'm... you know what i mean like yes we all love that character in the show but like sure. it's almost like it's almost like someone when bob Iger left they just went rampant and nobody was there to reel them in and be like you guys don't need it all these guys come on who'd on. they like this week all right let's give them a show who'd they like this week you know yeah, yeah. it really is kind of what it felt like uh with some of the stuff coming up. Like, I thought that it was amazing how they used Falcon and the Winter Soldier to introduce the new Captain America. That was killing. Loki was yes. killing. Yes. Um, uh, WandaVision was fucking cool. I, have, I enjoyed you know, it. They did, Fascinating they, project. I, but they probably could have shrink, shrunk it down a little bit. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, well, they could have made Miss Marvel a little bit longer. You know, it's like some of the stuff was kind of like the timing felt strange. Yeah, they sh- I think that they, like, if for Miss Marvel, they sh- that should have been more of a movie. Mm hmm. That tell was a more can... of a concise story. Yeah. I think that they meandered a lot in that show. Definitely. And because of it, they didn't get to tell the story because they just dicked around too much. And then, yeah, COVID fucked them. And so they had to yeah. cut all the actual, like, major, uh, like, plot development stuff, really. They told a decent story. That. Yeah. They told a decent story, but I don't think the character got it just. It was supposed to be, th- like, 13 episodes. And I mean, that's why, like, a big part of the clandestine, like, we see them, we kind of get some stuff, and then they're gone uh, because, like, we, they were expecting to have a lot more to be able to tell their story and stuff. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I also think that for, and like, I hate to say it like this, but like, for American audiences, I think that maybe it would have been better to introduce Kamala in the Marvels and yeah. then give her a show. Because I think that, I don't know, I think that she has the opportunity to be, uh, maybe not, obviously nothing's ever going to be Peter Parker level. Right. Um, Spider-Man's the biggest character in the history of <laughs> characters. He's yes. bigger than Mickey Mouse. Like, he has a bigger reach than anybody. But like, I think that she could be another young character that draws a ton of people. For sure. And a ton of people that you know, that wouldn't usually maybe look at comic book movies and stuff like that. Will probably maybe this will be a gateway for them to give a shot to this stuff. Yeah, here. absolutely. Um, but like, I don't. I think it was an abrupt show that. And actually, you can say it's about a few of the shows this phase is that like it doesn't seem like it. It seems like an abrupt left turn and like well, we're over here. Yeah, this doesn't really seem like it exists totally in the MCU. And yeah, that's. I mean, the, I've got, I've got, lack I've of interconnectivity. Yeah, and I've got my gripes about Moon Knight. Yeah. Moon Knight's Moon Knight for 29 seconds in the fucking show <laughs> until the last episode. Yeah, I mean, it's I always argue Moon that some Knight. of the best Moon Knight stories are when he's not Moon Knight, but it's not really how you introduce him. Like, I think that they were concerned that they wouldn't get to do any more Moon Knight. Like, yeah. the stuff where he's in the insane asylum and all of that, like, that is its very own specific run of Moon Knight that happens like long mm-hmm. after we've gotten to know the character and really do that stuff. So like I love that we got to have it in there because we may never have seen that if they would have never continued with the character. We didn't have enough time of him figuring out being Moon Knight. Exactly. So it didn't really Which pay people, off in the way it needed that to. That scratches a certain itch with us with an origin story. Yes. Yes. Because like, and... we want to feel like what will it be like for us. 
it should have been the season two, but I think that they were so worried that, uh, you know, because of how Oscar Isaac can be or whatever, maybe, I don't know, you know, that like they wanted to go ahead and shove all this shit together to give us the cool stuff. Uh, It is really fascinating that they chose Jake Lackley to be a reveal, but, you know. I mean, we can, we can, I mean, but isn't that not how really Marvel works? Don't you think that even though maybe it's not announced yet that, Oscar Isaac probably has a deal in place. I mean, right. do you think that he's got a multi-picture deal? I mean, well, that's like the way we they were trying to fluff it was that like he's the kind of actor who doesn't want to do that kind of thing, and he's only signed up for one project. And I think it might have—I don't know—I don't know what that whole deal was, but I think that was all just some hype. Yeah, it, I mean, it feels. A I, I think false. that you, and I think that if you were Oscar Isaac, if you're going to play the character once, why wouldn't you just be the character? Right, and I mean, he talks about how much he like really enjoys the stories that can be told with the character and stuff. Like, it is a a, a character he he connects to. So, yeah, like, why wouldn't he want to? And like the performance he puts in, but being able to play these different personalities mm-hmm. is just tremendous. It's so good. But man. That motherfucker's in that suit for about 19 milliseconds in the first three episodes. My clearest moon I had, man. <laughs> fucking She-Hulk is in the beginning of She-Hulk. She's She-Hulk the whole fucking show. Right. Why the fuck is Moon Knight, Moon Knight for like, I have to, if I fucking go and get chips and I come back, I miss Moon Knight for the episode. Wait, was he Moon Knight while I was gone? Yeah. Damn it. I haven't even seen the costume yet. It's episode four. <laughs> uh, yeah, but for real, that's though. my only gripe. But, but I think that I think that they definitely got him locked into where they've got a plan for, you know, him and Blade and Black Knight. And... They would at least have a hope for that, you know, and a thought about yeah. it. Um, and the fact that they're revealing never... all these characters, yeah, you know, yeah. But like when you look at this shit, like that list I sent you all back, and you look at all the stuff mm-hmm. that's like in pre-production or in full production or just like announced or whatever it's like there's a certain point where there's like there's never like by 2024 there's never not a marvel thing on yeah like between the series and the movies and stuff like that it's and like even i'm gonna get burnt out <laughs> and i love this shit more almost as much as my own children and like, right. i'm gonna get burnt out on demons like you gotta, you gotta give, you gotta make people want shit. The reason that that first thing worked in the first couple phases is because we were on bated breath waiting for these movies. Yes, absolutely. What happened? Gave it time to breathe. Gonna, yeah. Oh man, you, and like the post credit scenes don't fucking matter anymore. No. Here's a character like, you've oh, only seen once before, maybe. Oh shit! It's Zip Zap. You know, like you know, no, <laughs> yeah, fuck. exactly. It's you just know, for like, me. Like, just I'm the only one in the theater being like, "What?" Everybody else is like, "I don't." Literally, even I don't even understand it. When you walk in, you're like, oh, that guy was this guy. And this is what, who the fuck was that? I don't really even care. I but... usually know, too. But, like, yeah, but he like, was there, okay, yeah. Great, great. <laughs> Clea is here at the end of Doctor Strange. Like, Hell what the fuck yes. does that matter? Right? That I mean, we know now, but, like, but the end credit scenes in the first few phases, we knew what they meant towards the story. Like, we were like, yes. oh, shit, that means that this is going to happen. You know, like, oh, shit, Thanos fucking grabbed the glove. You know, yes. whatever the gauntlet. Like, we knew what we were building towards. We have no, they're fucking being too vague. Like, yeah, I don't see a C-plot plot building here, you know? Yeah, give, give us something that, okay, we get, we know, we all know Kang is coming. Yeah. But like. Only Loki told we, us that so far, you know? Like, yeah. What if you're a person that only watches the movies? Yeah, you're going to find out an Ant-Man and they're going to be like, this character that's a big deal. And you're going to be like, I don't, yeah. what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck that is. I mean, I, I mean, love that's... it because I watch all of it, but like. 
that's kind of the problem, not problem with the uh, multiverse of madness, where it's like, if you didn't watch WandaVision, you're kind of going into that movie being like, wait, what the fuck is any of this? Like, what is any of right. this? But I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch the shows, then it's like, well, we just skipped a whole bunch of fucking exposition we don't need. Now we can get right to the movie. But if you're not yeah. connected to that stuff, you're just going, well, this is a whiplash. I guess we're in the plot now, you know? So I can mm-hmm. see it being a little jarring for people who aren't getting that shit and the people who are seeing too much of that shit. Like, it's, yeah, it's becoming a little much but supposedly though from what i read everything that is in regular production or post-production is fine everything in pre-production is being reevaluated. Oh, okay well, that makes sense stop working so, those poor uh, non-union cg people to death on stuff that will never yeah. be released please just how about we just unionize the world yeah that'd be cool how about that how about just workers of the world unite and how about we stop bootlicking <laughs> You dumb motherfuckers so who are standing up for billionaires, stand up for yourselves. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's. I think I think Bob Iger is going to clean house in that schedule. I don't think we're going to be getting a month, of, you know, like two projects a month going forward. Yeah, like he's going to be a little more mindful about like what will actually sell. I think, and mm-hmm. hopefully, it will keep people from falling off. Because I mean, that's the thing. At the end of the day, if people get burnt out on, it, if they stop liking the shit, then they won't make them anymore. <laughs> and I don't want them to never not make them anymore. You know, I love right. Yeah, I want to. I want to stay at a really like. Just give me these movies and give me a couple shows. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, like, like you say, do like with Star Wars, do you do guys, like maybe take a break from one or the other for a little while. You know, give us. They just they, they have uh, this stable of characters, and they want to get all of them out yeah. so badly. I get it. It's like comic books, you know, but that's the thing. We mm-hmm. found out in the fucking 90s when it almost killed the industry that having a fucking series for every tertiary character in the X-Men isn't going to fucking actually sell books. Like, right. and it's going to kind of be the same thing when it comes to TV show. I mean, it's it's built into the fact that you have a Disney Plus subscription. So it's not like you're, you know, not going to pay for one of the shows or whatever, like not buying a comic book, but it's still going to fucking hurt them at the end of the day. They're making shit and people aren't watching the, the fucking, you know, shit or Yeah, how many people are going to subscribe to the dazzler series yeah exactly you know like same oh, kind of thing although who said that they wanted to make a dazzler oh tarantino didn't he <laughs> I, so you want yes, to make a dazzler do a movie with dua lipa playing dazzler <laughs> that would be anyway cool. but yeah like uh yeah let's dig into this uh this topic that you had uh had discovered on the reddit yeah so basically in 2005 two dead characters bucky barnes and jason todd uh former sidekicks Mm-hmm. were resurrected respectively as the winter soldier and the red hook yes so in your approximation which character did you appreciate which one did you like more um let's start with that which character do you enjoy more man that's the thing this is some nuanced shit i think it's really a, a tough question because they they are handled kind of differently in a really neat way mm-hmm. but like it gun to my head i'd immediately say bucky because i am a marvel guy through and through. I love fucking Marvel. I always will. I love Captain America as a kid. He was my favorite hero. So mm-hmm. uh, I did like little little Bucky Barnes, uh, you know, in the older issues and stuff. And and the Winter Soldier run is very fascinating. Fucking Winter Soldier, Captain America 2, the movie is incredible. So like there's a lot of Bucky bias that I do have. But I love the Bat family when it comes to DC. And I think Jason Todd is a really interesting character in how they handle his, like Bucky's brainwashed. And he didn't want to be a weapon. 
you know, and, right. and like, so anything that he did, yeah, he can feel guilt about it, but there is sort of like a disconnect there. He kind of gets away with it. But Jason I mean, was Jason. Would you say anything about Jason Todd, though, since he went to the Lazarus pit? I mean, yeah, the Lazarus pit can make you a little wackadoo, you know. That, uh, in the storyline, I mean, didn't that change him and like he did in his emotions and whatnot? And uh, maybe I'm. No, bit. no, that's that's definitely like, you know, it did make him a little bonkers and shit. And he's like even in his post, like when he's actually Red Hood with the bad family days. A, a zombie. No, he, yeah, and he yeah. understands what he did, like yeah. and he really remembers all that shit. And it's like, and that's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. I mean, everybody that he kills initially, every boss he has turns out to be a piece of shit, like a child porn guy and stuff like that. So like he still kind of mm-hmm. gets away slightly guilt-free, you know, but he's still breaking Batman's rule, and that's kind of a big deal to the to the entire Bat family and shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that they're both really interesting. I think Jason, of course, has like a multitude of different variations. Uh, you get like the Titans version is very different from the actual comics version and, and that kind of shit from the Gotham Knights version. But, you know, Bucky's kind of always Bucky. He sort of kind of does. Sure. He's kind of the same. I thing like the, 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 the whole idea that Jason goes and like specifically like goes out of his way to break Batman's rule. You know, like yes. he goes out of his way to murder criminals. Yes. Like on and, like, purpose. To be the, on purpose and to be the antithesis of Batman. And like, I do dig that about the whole, now the thing is also like, it's very strange how the red hood was also the Joker too. Like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a very, uh, I don't know. I guess it's, he did it because the Joker supposedly, you know, was the one that supposedly had killed him. When he was yeah. Dead. Or he was dead. I guess they resurrected him and like, but they, I don't know. They could have come up with a different character than just reusing just what the Joker was. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the Red Hood origin is only one story of the Joker's anyway. Like, you know, it's true. He was kind of mm-hmm. a separate character entirely and originally uh, back in the in like the 50s, I think. But um, it's really only um, was Alan Moore's uh, fucking uh, killing joke that actually put Joker attachment to the Red Hood, I believe. Um, but it is like a neat sort of way for him to incorporate this character's supposed history into his own persona where he is like you say being the antithesis of batman um while also kind of being the antithesis of joker because he doesn't do shit chaotically he targets mobsters and fuckheads and like he he is a little bit of like an an anti both of those characters in a fascinating way apparently it seems as though uh the joker was uh the red hood in the 1951 oh shit yeah the oh, man behind the red hood, the original continuity, ah, he yes. became the future, he becomes the Joker. Okay, okay. Um, the real that he was a criminal who called himself the Red Hood, and then Alan Moore kind of changed his dad, but the unsuccessful comedian who wanted to be the Patsy and right. Okay, interesting. Also that kind of stuff. So very used a lot by DC, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, the they do that character. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's a DC thing. Well, and I mean, um, it's that shit where they like, quote unquote, resurrected Jason Todd at one point, but it was actually just Clayface pretending to be him for fucking some right. thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I do like that. Uh, obviously, I think that post comics, because of how big the MCU is, and because of Sebastian, because Sebastian Stan's uh, performance, obviously, I think that. Bucky has had a better run of things. Mm -hmm, For sure. He's become more of a household character. I mean, there's not a um, Russo Brothers directed billion dollar film called Batman the Red Hood. (laughs) No, certainly not. Um, There is an animated film. Yes. um, That is good. Yeah. 
rather faithful adaptation to his origin in the comics. Um, he at, he is becoming kind of more of a figure. Like the entire season three of Titans is sort of based around them in Gotham and Jason Todd's death becoming Red Hood and all that. Um, he's one of the main characters in the Gotham Knights video game. Uh, there's even a run recently really where awesome uh, for the fucking 37 people that watch Titans. I'm really yeah, right. Her. No, yeah, me and me and Nikki being the the main viewers of that show found it pretty fucking cool. He's a little skinny, but I, it's really fun to see a dickhead Robin running around. I need to watch Titans. Actually, it's on HBO app, right? Yeah, dude, it's actually kind of yeah. worth it. I think it's it's stupid. Like, don't expect it to be like great, but it's not teen mm-hmm. drama like CW. It's more like sure edgy dc comics like it it feels fun it's stupid i don't know why i love it but i fucking love it i'm really enjoying this is not comic book related at all but i am really enjoying uh dan levy's cooking show oh yeah i want to watch that it's good i love it i love it a lot and like um you know it's obviously it's a dan levy show so it's amazing really great representation in it fuck yeah um it's also super fun and positive and like the all the contestants are very like supportive of one another and stuff cool. and like championing each other so it's, it's just a positive show I love it's that. not it's not ted lasso positive because right. nothing is <laughs> yeah but no, um let me mention that too it's an impossible state here ted lasso thank you for ted lasso <laughs> because it is another one up there like with community really and uh maybe that, I haven't got to watch me, it yet. It, I, I love it, and it's it's another one where I like watch it over and over again to hang out with these people, okay. hang out with Ted and Higgins and Coach Beard, oh, and yeah. like it is. So it's you know from the minds of I think his name is Greg Daniels, the guy that made Scrubs. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and then Sudeikis, him and Sudeikis made this together, and it is the basics of it is uh, a college football coach in America gets hired to be a soccer coach and. England. Nice. And it is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal show. Every single person working on that show should be goddamn proud of himself. <laughs> okay. And it, it's got a lot of great messages to it. It has a ton of heart. It's funny. Like I said, it's positive. Ted Lasso, the character, is just one of the most fucking endearing and lovable and positive characters you can ever see in a show. I can't recommend it enough. Okay. Um, check it out. I love Sudeikis anyway. He's fucking, he rules. It's why I keep the Apple TV plus app. Okay. Um, oh, I get and, free you know, Apple I, for like a month through uh, Xbox right now. I fucking, I'll grab that and watch the, watch it. To watch it tonight. Okay. I'm telling you right now, the first episode you will be, uh, once you see this performance and once you get to know um, immediately, you know, one thing I love, this is something that we've talked about in the past several times. Um, you know, I love, to watch like the Christmas episodes of my favorite shows, like, yeah. the, like the community Christmas episode, the community, the episode, the Christmas episode for Ted Lasso is on the list immediately. Oh, nice. It's so good. Every, this show is so phenomenal. I am so excited for you to get to watch it and just to feel good. I, we all need some it's positive just, shit right now. It really is, man. It's a light. It's a bright spot on that TV dial. It really is. Nice. I love it. Um, I have not seen Wednesday. I haven't either. Netflix has been a big blind spot for me. I still need to watch Sandman. There's like all kinds of good shit on Netflix right now that I'm missing. Um, I really, I watched the trailer and I had no desire to watch Wednesday. Yeah. But I have the internet and I've read it and like, my goodness, people adore Wednesday. Yeah. 
Man, I, I, Catherine Zeta Jones is back, you know, and fucking uh... mm, Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> she keeps beneath the lasers. And Luis Guzman, who's you know, yeah, my favorite movie of his is IMDb, of course. Oh man, my favorite Luis Guzman is the Luis Guzman statue from Greendale College. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, he was a Greendale graduate after all. <laughs> One of the best parts of Louis Guzman. I love him in Boogie Nights. I love yes. that guy. I that dude is amazing. Um, but what a weird choice for Gomez. Anyway. I don't know. He's like more like um, the comic the tra- strip. Yeah, he is. The trailer, though, just didn't see. It seemed like an angsty teen murder show. Yeah. And not like the Adams family at all whatsoever. And like, I was like, oh, this will be something I will watch later when I'm stuck at home in the snow. <laughs> right. Like for some reason, that's whenever I resort to like the stuff I didn't really think I'd be gonna watch. <laughs> I'm stuck. I guess I watch Wednesday. Right now, I gotta watch Dan Levy's cooking show because everyone's delightful. Nice. Yeah, that's just what I need right now. I need to continue watching these like super happy shows that make me happy. That's I'm right telling now. you, you gotta check out Lego Masters. It is like one oh, of yeah. the most wholesome. Talk about a wholesome competition show. Like there were teams helping each other out in one of the last few episodes, uh, helping each other carry their shit. But it's great. Will Arnett hosts it. It's just a bunch of people playing with fucking Lego, and it's like, okay, and they okay. do some incredible shit on there too. Uh, it's on the third season now, and it's really, it's really kicking up. I like it a lot. What app is that on? That's on Hulu. I think it's a Fox show. Hulu. Like, it's like on Fox. Like you even watch it on the fucking Rabbit Ears on Thursday nights. I think. Oh, very cool. But yeah, it's a great series. Uh, you know. Fucking Lego rules. <laughs> so who do you prefer? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We never got an answer. Oh yeah. Do you prefer out of uh, the Red Hood and out of ah, Bucky. the Winter Soldier. I fucking love Bucky. Yeah. And he's Sebastian yeah. Stan, and that dude's charming as fuck. Like, there's just at there's that so point, much like to once him. you get everything changes once you get like an actual embodiment of a character. Once you yes. see a, a, a human playing on screen, and you go through a few movies with them, and you mm. and Thanos comes and something like that. They, <laughs> and they get their own TV show and stuff. It just it grows a real world. connection to them. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and at the end of the day, I'm sorry, Dick Grayson's my favorite Robin, and I fucking love Robin. Like Dick Grayson's probably my favorite DC character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Nightwing. So, like, I'm sorry, Jason. Like, you're whatever. Like, no offense. Uh, even Tim is the best Robin. So, like, I don't know. Sorry, guy. I mean, Red Hood's cool or whatever. He's a neat character, and I do like his dynamic within the Bat family. But uh, you know. It's fucking Sebastian Stan with a mental arm. Come on. Hashtag, hashtag the Joker was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And apparently all the fans who voted to kill him, that was like one of my favorite tidbits about that character, that like that was a, a thing that DC did was like, do yeah. you want Jason Todd to die? And people voted yes. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, we asked for that, I guess then. None, yeah, of, us, none nope. of us have any right to complain about him. <laughs> nope. I mean, and his origin's cool. The great marketing ploy of Butterfinger for years, which was for years, which was who shot Mr. Burns. Yes. If anybody remembers when that happened, <laughs> and it wanted to be Maggie. Yeah, it was the baby. It was the goddamn baby. <laughs> not far off. As a parent, I'll say it's not far off. Oh usually, my God. usually. I would say Deathloop was a great game. Anybody out there who was looking for a solid first-person shooter this year, Deathloop is my my number one game. But like, that's about the only thing I gotta add. I don't know if you like Jason Todd a lot, check him out in Gotham Knights season three of. Titans. I will say this is something that we talked about uh, in a previous episode. Um, I got a Switch. Oh yeah, that's right. Finally, I haven't I haven't played it. It's okay. under the guise of a Christmas present for the of boys, course. so they're getting um, a Switch and a. a, a smattering of games including mario odyssey and sonic frontiers yeah um uh uh, paw patrol 
Hell yeah. Uh, Minecraft. Can't beat Minecraft. My oldest is deep into Minecraft right now. Um, and Breath of the Wild for Dad. Of course. Okay. Yeah. And a spare dock for Dad's room, so I can bring him back here. There you go. Yeah. Don't uh, don't run too yeah. fast to the Christmas tree. <laughs> no, no, right? it's for you boys. I, I I was getting there to get it to you. <laughs> There's other stuff. Maybe you guys should play with the toy toys. And I'll get this all set up. <laughs> I'm Actually, I'm playing on uh, this weekend. I don't have my kids, so like uh, I'm planning on just getting it out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Playing it, just you know. Because whenever I was a kid, let me tell you a little story about me. Um, some of my greatest memories of Christmas are finding my Christmas presents and sneakily opening them and rewrapping them <laughs> before Christmas. Excellent. And like to this day, like I hope I'm never like this. But like to this day, like this bothers my mom so much, and she just hates it when I talk about this. And like I hope that I look at something like that and be like, you know what? I'm glad that that's ha- that's a cool thing. That that's your memory. yeah. But like I fucking I'm talking Ethan Hunt. <laughs> I'm waiting till my mom leaves the house. Here's what yes. I would do. I wait till my mom would leave, and then I would do the thing where you can lock the garage doors from like where they can't use the buttons. Oh yeah. So like I, she that... couldn't get into the garage, and then I I would pull down the thing from the attic and go up to the attic because that's where like Christmas presents always were, and they're up there wrapped already. You know, she's got all and like I'm up there with a knife, cutting the tape. And opening them up and like, okay, so that's what that is. And then retape it and like with a piece of paper writing down what I'm getting for Christmas. Fuck yes. That's how it started. That's amazing. How it ended was me opening up Nintendo 64 games, <gasps> Shadow of the Empire. Yes. And putting a different game in there so it still weighed the same. <laughs> and having the game a week or two early before Christmas and playing it. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, I, I like the like the like I feel like I was the part where like Tom Cruise catches the sweat, <laughs> right? Yeah, the sweat droplet. You know, like I felt like that when I was doing this stuff. Success. When we moved to a different house, our attic was like a door in the garage that went up a stairway. Oh shit! Instead of being one of those pull down things, and it had a lock, and you could lock it. So ah. I would get like I would get like a, a butter knife and stick it in the door and jimmy the lock like. <laughs> Like you would like with a credit card and get the door open that way and sneak up there. Same thing. That's beautiful. Did she ever uh, find out? Her, oh yeah. Well, I'm later in life when I told her. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it makes her mad to this day, but like mm-hmm. instead of just be, instead of just taking joy from, but like if the biggest takeaway I would say though is like the the Oscar worthy performances I put in on Christmas morning when I was hoping present. <laughs> Oh shit! And then, oh, shadows of the empire. <laughs> Knowing that game is not there, it's over by the TV. Fucking Bomberman sixty four sitting in that box. Yeah, <laughs> I've been playing this game for weeks, oh, but I'm gonna pretend like it's new, and I'm gonna have to sit down here and act like I'm playing it all day. <laughs> well, that's how I got so Even far. I just I started as soon as yeah. we woke up. And I already beat it today. We got to look. Uh, we're done. <laughs> Your mom's just like, anyway, games are yeah. short. That's not worth the money. Yeah, wow, he beat that on Christmas. <laughs> My goodness, that's insane. Like, you know, I've had that for a month. <laughs> Excellent. Another great Christmas memory is back in the day, in the Sears catalog, you could get just a box of comic books. Ooh. I don't remember how much it was, but you would get like a, just a smattering of Marvel comics. Classic grab bag. It was, it was a big grab bag, too. It was like, you know, 40 comics. Or Fuck something. yeah. And, like, I remember I got that for Christmas when we were a kid. I remember, like, I don't know what else I got because it didn't matter. I just opened this box and looked at the comic book the 
whole day. I miss them being so great. Like organizing. Like, oh shit! It's actually got a couple that are like in you know like in series. I got oh episode two, three, four, and five of this. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! You know whatever it was. Like, <laughs> That's I got almost a whole story. Now. Man, I got some stuff now that was now looking back on it and in comic history, it's iconic. Oh shit! That's cool. Some of the comics I got, like uh, that comic that is very uh, iconic of Logan. On the front cover, it's just like his face, and he's got through the three claws up next to him. Oh yeah, I got that. I got the whole run um, where he is like out in the snow, being like in the mountains, being stalked by Lady Deathstrike for like three issues. Oh shit! Um, I remember getting a bunch of other stuff though, a bunch of different like yeah, it was it was a rad deal. I don't know who was over there to see this catalog. I was putting together grab bag, grab boxes of stuff and comics, but they're in mail. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Sears catalog days. Either Sears or JC Penny catalog. One of those catalogs you can get the box of comics. That's so cool. I kind of wish that that was like a thing. I mean, I guess you can go into a comic book shop usually and get like a grab box, but just the kind of like have such a, a thing just show up at your door. Just be like, what's in this? What the fuck's in this? Yeah. And it was a stack, you know, and this is when comics were a dollar. So I'm guessing that like it was a, probably like a way to flush out stuff I didn't sell. Yeah, absolutely. You probably got you probably got like twenty dollars. You know, you probably paid twenty bucks for it. And you probably got forty comics, which was yeah. originally forty dollars, but since it's a grab bag, you got it for twenty or whatever. Yeah, and like not even knowing that some of this stuff is like important to comics. Stuff. Exactly. I mean, I think that's like Wolverine number one. You're talking about like, yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal, but something that they would have been like, well, we had a lot of these left over, you know, or whatever. I definitely got the ones where, and I just remember them so vividly, where Lady Deathstrike is just like stalking him as he walks through these mountains. Yes. And like, I remember reading that. I remember some interesting like uh, Fantastic Four comics, and I don't know, just that okay. stuff that I probably wouldn't have ever picked up at a comic shop. Yeah. You know, like different properties that I wasn't as into, like Fantastic Four. I wasn't into that kind of Fantastic Four, but I got to read like five or six of them. And yeah. I started liking it. That's cool. It gave you a chance to yeah. check something else out. Because, yeah, you're not going to spend that dollar on a comic you don't want, but if you got half of them for free, essentially, why the fuck not? Yeah. You know, it's just a way to if dive you're into something. If you a comic owner, start, start doing bigger grab boxes. Yeah, yeah. Star Clipper used to do some pretty good grab boxes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. You got you get duplicates, you get extras or whatever. You fucking trade them around to people and stuff. Like, comic book shops will take your trade-ins, too. Like, you might not get a lot for mm-hmm. it, but shit, a quarter off your comics, a quarter off your comic, you know? Yeah. The other day, uh, in my Facebook memories, it came up with a picture of Star Flipper. It's like, fuck Disney, this is the happiest place on earth. <laughs> oh, I miss that original shop. I haven't been there since Man, they moved. I don't have any desire to, because they lied to us. Yep. Like. Yeah, that was upsetting. <laughs> That was kind of a real shitty thing to do. Sorry, Star Flipper. I'm yeah. sure there are so many Star Flipper employees who listen there now. <laughs> well, they're our biggest demographics. They are. They're the owner. <laughs> our biggest demographic. Uh, All right. Well, good talking. Fuck yeah. Yeah, nice it's little been wrap a good up of the year. year. There's been some cool shit. Um, I hope Marvel gets it shit a little bit more pointed. Same. Get a, get a little tightened up guys you know uh, really excited for the handful of projects we know for sure are coming you know like echo and uh daredevil um, definitely give you my amazon account right as soon as you get off the phone now so you yeah. can you've got to watch the newest the boys and you got to watch uh invincible yeah we're watch invincible so bad yeah word word fall asleep to the first episode of lord of the rings a few times maybe right no shit <laughs> I'm probably gonna do that tonight. Yeah, put that on. I don't even use this. I even use this meditation app. I don't need to do anymore. Just, just throwing Lord of the Rings. 
All right. Well, uh, that was a fun talk, and fucking hopefully you guys got some recommendations for things that you might have missed throughout the year. And I fucking I don't know. I got to catch up on some movies myself, but uh, I will say uh, that you know, for Josh Custer, I am Ian Maxwell, and for Ian Maxwell, I am Josh Custer. Saying enjoy, enjoy your, your boils. boils. It's hard to do over Zoom. All right, later, guys. Later. I'll fix it in post.